Hi there. This is the last talk, the last talk of the season. And I thought we should perhaps discuss relationship before moving on to season two, where we will discuss deeper subjects such as time, love, meditation, death, and creation. Now, what we don't seem to realize is that life is all about relationships. When I use the word relationship, I hope you do not translate it into some mere romantic, sexual, or sentimental meaning. Not that there's anything wrong with those, but I'm just saying it shouldn't be narrowed down to such an extent. So, life is relationship. There wouldn't be life without relationship. For there to be life, there has to be relations. Relationship between uh, water and plants, humans and other animals, the relationship between the sun and the earth, the earth and the moon, the moon and the tides, the fish and the bird, the bird and the wind, the clouds and the soil, the body and life, life and death, and so on. It is all related. That is life. And how beautiful that is. Amazingly beautiful, if you ask me. When I say beautiful, I don't mean beautiful as in your favorite type of woman or man. Or as in your favorite music genre or color. No. Beauty has got nothing to do with your personal preferences. But that's a topic for another day, maybe. So, life is relationship. Life is the relationship between me, the speaker, talking right now, and you, the listener, listening to me right now. This is a relationship. And since we all are humans, and we wish to better our relationships, it is just normal to emphasize on human relationships during this talk. I want you to see how unrelated human beings are, how one can be married to another and yet have no relationship at all, no deep relationship, how one can belong in a family or company and yet be completely unrelated to others. How you can talk to another person every single day and yet be completely unrelated. I want you to see how superficial human relationships have gotten. The aim of me pointing out these facts is not to make you feel bad or guilty, but instead to help you see facts for what they are and therefore act on them. The aim is to create a better society, a society that cares, a society that is compassionate, not violent, a society with no fear, a society that understands. Now, I may not be married, 
but I'm sure one needs not to be to see how that works. A simple observation can expose the whole thing. Just like I need not to be drunk to see the consequences of drinking. Now, I'm mentioning this just so you understand that you need not to be involved in all the various types of, re- of human relationships in order for you to understand them. Because with pure observation, you can see the whole thing for what it really is. So hopefully, none of you will start any sort of debates when faced with the actuality of their personal relationships. Well then, I am sure you've noticed that in most relationships, regardless of their genders, origins, age, or social status, a great deal of conflict is involved in them. Whether it is a a friendship or professional or family or romantic relation, an appalling amount of conflict is there. It seems like we have accepted it as the norm, you know. It is normal to have such conflict. But have you ever questioned why that is? Why do we have to live in conflict even in our closest relationships? Why, for example, why do best friends fight? Why does a husband abuse? Why does a mother hate a child? Why does a wife betray her home? Why and why and why? The whys are plenty. You can fill up the rest on your own. The reason is clear and simple. And that is because we are not deeply related. We might claim to be, but we are not. What do I mean by that? Now, suppose I'm married to a certain woman. Does eating breakfast together every morning, having kids, uh, me offering her flowers, taking her on trips or hospitals whenever needed, buying her gifts, sleeping together for 50 years, does that necessarily mean that we have a deep relationship? You know, as they say, going through the highs and lows, is that the definition of a good relationship? Well, to me, it is not so. Not at all. Because all those acts of kindness, uh, romance, and responsibility mean absolutely nothing if the two individuals are not deeply related. Related to the bone, so to speak. Because it is possible to spend 50 to 70 years in the same house, sharing gifts, sharing good and bad moments, and yet be completely unrelated. How many times have you heard stories of couples that have survived years and years under the same roof while being utterly miserable? And unfortunately, some of these stories end with one person shooting another, poisoning another, or you know, backstabbing another. This is happening right now, in your neighborhood, perhaps even in your own house. One of the things I've noticed with couples 
is a huge deal of dependency is involved in their couples. It seems like the moment we get into a relationship, we become some sort of prisoners, you know, we become dependent over time. And most of us think that is normal, you know, and they confuse that with love. But is that so? Why should you be dependent on someone else? Why does your happiness depend on an external factor? You have no control over external factors, so why depend on them? You can try as hard as you want, but you can never ultimately control someone else. You may succeed a great deal doing that, but it is always a conflict, it's a struggle. You have to keep up. The moment you let go, the control is gone, you know, so there's a lot of frustration involved in all that. Can you say that you love someone when you are dependent on them? If you ask me, I'd say no, of course not. You cannot love when you depend on someone. You like what they give to you, that's sure. You like how they make you feel. You like how you feel when you make them feel good. So ultimately, it is all about you. Don't lie to yourself. Because the moment you do not receive what you expect anymore, you are frustrated. You become jealous, resentful, suspicious and hateful. The moment you anticipate that you might not get what you want or need from them, you start plotting, all right? Plotting either a trap or an escape plan. You plot. We start plotting way before things turn sour. That is the basis of marriage documents, right? So the very foundation of marriage is selfishness. Because when things go wrong, parents start splitting everything into tiny pieces, including their children. Why is it that the moment you love someone, all right, caught love someone, because that is not love really, but the moment your loved one is no longer, you feel empty, sad, unhappy, you know, why? Do you think it is because you love them? No. Most of the time it is because they are no longer there to make you feel what you are feeling. When your father or mother dies, you hurt because you will no longer feel the joy you feel when you see them or when you interact with them. You know, my wife, my children, my country, my, 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 my. Anything that starts with my involves a great deal of selfishness and therefore violence. Is there such a thing as my calcium or my atom? No. Calcium is. Atom is. 
Similarly, there's no such thing as my tree or my cat or my husband. I would understand if it was just a way of speech, you know, a way of communication, but it is not. Most of us really mean it when we say my girlfriend or my boyfriend. It is mine, my possession. Who are you to own anything? Such arrogance. You have to understand that you can never truly own anything in this world. That's a fact. That violence is there. And it is there to stay, in my opinion. The reason being that we are not going to the very roots of the issues. We are hiding the dirt under the carpet, that's all. Whether it is psychological or physical violence, it doesn't matter. The violence is there. And being dependent on someone is being psychologically violent towards yourself and towards that person that generally leads to physical violence as well I wonder if you see that now the other types of relationships are really not different because a good amount of conflict is present in them that is why you see conflict wherever you go it could be in your house at the cafeteria between the employer and the employee, in a train between the guard and the passenger, in a hospital between the doctor and the patient, or in the bedroom between two partners, it is really the same. Do you ever ask yourself, why is that so? Why is there conflict all the time between people? Even though on the surface, they seem to love each other, quote, love each other. Is it normal? We think it is normal, but have you ever questioned that? The reason we have conflict is that we do not have deep relationships among us. And the reason we do not have that deep relationship is because we live in a world of images always we never actually see the real people the real person you don't see the wife or the child or the neighbor as he or she is i the husband have a certain idea of her my wife and i interact with her according to that image the image that I've made of her, the idea I have of her. And that idea, of course, will create conflict because I will never see her as she actually is. I will always see her as she was or as she should be, but never her. Similarly, I have an idea of, say, uh, the president of the republic and then go interact with him or her according to that idea or again I have an image of what a domestic worker is 
and therefore approach a whole human being but with a certain image in the back of my head. An arrogant or pitiful look at a homeless person and an excited or fearful look at a celebrity or higher ranking government official. <laughs> Isn't that what we do? And we do it so fast that we can't even notice. Therefore, always in conflict without, without even understanding where the conflict is. And when we try to solve the conflict, when we try to understand the source of the conflict, we go and approach it superficially on the surface. But the problem starts way, way deeper. That is why we have conflict. So what prevents me from having a real and genuine relationship with others is that I have built an image of them. I interact with those images instead of the real people. You interact with their history instead of their very soul, so to speak. Life is always changing. Life is not static. You cannot look at life with dead eyes. When you use the past to observe something that is in the present, you are bound to have conflict. How can we not see something so simple? How do you interact with a living organism using an image? Using a dead thing? Because the image is dead. It's in the past. It's static. It's not changing. But the person is always changing. Always adapting. Alright? So you have to see the person as she or he is all the time. Otherwise, it's a conflict. And what's sad is that it's not you alone who's doing it. Everyone is doing that. So it's a bunch of people with a bunch of images trying to interact with each other. We are never actually related. We have ideas of each other all the time. So, can you do this at least for one day it would be perfect if you could do it from now on forever or at least a week but I'm challenging you to do this at least for a day when you meet your husband neighbor friend or priest next time can you look at them as if it was the first time seeing them huh Can you listen to them talking as if it was the first time? As if it was a complete stranger talking to you? You know, the hair, the eye, the, the voice, the, the shame, the, the lie, everything that is coming out of that living thing. Can you look at it as if, as if it was the first time? Ah, you don't know the magic behind that. You do it, you'll see. If you can only do it for just a day, you'll see there's great magic behind that. You will see that you hear so much more. 
more than they want you to, to hear. You'd see so much more. Much more than they want to be seen. Feel much, much more. And that is when you become your wife, your kid, your neighbor, your husband, the doctor, and all the rest of the division. All those are just human beings. If you completely listen to someone talking or look at them, you will see that you are that person. There's no division between you and him or her. And then you see much more, you hear much more, you talk, not just using words and, and gesture. There's a deeper level of communication. That is compassion. That is the birth of responsibility. When you see that we human beings are all so confused, scared, hopeful, always seeking, that's when you'll understand that deep down we are so much alike. That is when you become compassionate. Now, if you could do that for water as well, for clouds, for the wind, the wind when it blows, when you feel the whole, the whole thing happening to you as if it was the first time, the ground, the rat, yes, the rat, if you could do that for those as well, you will see how incredible this thing we call life is because you become all of that all of it not as a wish not theoretically or philosophically or religiously but actually become all of it <laughs> you don't know what that feels like huh? but do it you will see do it you see what happens And to me, that is love. Because love can only exist when you are no longer.